Well, I got something a little crazy to, a couple of first little things to talk about crazy. You know, <clears throat> I'm Scott Farber along with former New York Giant, current president of the NFL Player Association of the Dallas-Fort Worth chapter, host of this network show, The Extra Point, and of course where Larry features the positive aspect of pro sports. That's right. Something we need to really do. And of course, uh, co-host of this podcast with me. He also has the honor of being a living legend from the city of Memphis, <laughs> my friend Larry Mallory. Hey, man. It's great to see you. Good to see you. Yes, sir. All right, I found out something about you. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> you must have gone to the post office and looked yeah, at the Yeah, FBI I saw list. your picture. <laughs> it looked good, you know. Um, no, and, and Adam, when he's editing this, he needs to tell Cindy, because I want this segment to put on the GBC TV website in the featured shorts under the sports category. I just found out that you were part of a famous game, November 19th, 1978. I'll let your brain rattle on. Herm Edwards, currently a college coach. <laughs> okay, you know now. I do know He's now. a former NFL coach and probably best known as a personality on ESPN, was a cornerback on the Philadelphia Eagles. He was burned early in the game uh, as they threw a touchdown pass to the guy he was covering. But he made up for it. I guess uh, quarterback Joe Pisarczyk, am I That's saying it, it right? Joe okay. Pisarczyk. Um, there were 70,318 fans, but in the final 10 seconds of that game, seeing this remarkable play we're going to talk about, I don't know how many were left in the uh, stands, but it's known as the uh, Miracle at the Meadowlands. Yes. And uh, the Giants were about to pull off a big upset. That's true. You were about to go, yay, look at us, how good we are. And, you know, the rule of thumb is when there's 10 seconds left and you got a lead and there's no timeouts, you take a frickin' knee. But Pisarczyk, was that a play that he called or the coach called where he was going to hand it off to Larry Zonka, I think? That's it. That's and he it. put it on his hip? No, he put it on uh, Larry had and Larry Zonka, I, I, I don't know the exact number, I don't think as many, but he didn't fumble many times in his career. Once we know of. <laughs> Once we know of, but he had a tear. Right. In his uh, stomach muscle. Right. And the muscle actually, I think, was coming out of that tear. Right. And when Joe, versus taking the knee, Joe put the ball on that injury. Right. And that's, that's what's caused the fumble. That's what caused Herm to pick it up and run it in for a score. So Herm picked it up, ran it in, uncontested, I might add. That's true. Everybody was standing there in amazement as opposed to chasing him, I guess. And the Eagles won. Now, the Giants went on to a 6-10 and 10 season. That's true. And the Eagles went on to 11-5. and five. It was a rough year, Scott. I think one, one game after that, I mean, we were, had some momentum going into that game. After we lost a few more, I can't remember the player, but the fans actually bought garbage. Oh, no. And put garbage all over his car. Oh, And man. we walked out of the car was just totally garbage. So, so well, well, tell me on that play... I know you're already celebrating probably and getting in trouble and whatnot. And then you saw the play. What 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 do you get what did you guys say to each other? You know, uh I can't remember exactly what we said to each other. Or actually I can't say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there were probably a lot of words that's not in Webster's dictionary that okay. we used at this time. Well then time. nobody would know what you're saying. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It was a disappointing game for us because <laughs> Philadelphia was... Your arch enemy. Yeah, they, they, were, they were our arch enemy. We were somewhat on a roll, and we were somewhat on a roll. 
And I think it really took the air out of the squad. You know, a lot of that squad had come up from the World League. Larry Zonka, myself, a number of players that come out of the World Football League come to the Giants, and we really had a lot of pride in trying to make that team better. But this was a um, – this is a big deal in the history of the NFL, that play. We've all seen it a million times. Uh, I hope people right now are running to YouTube, <laughs> you, you know, to, uh, to look at it. Um, what did the coaches say? What did, what did you guys – I mean, what went on on the sidelines? Well, uh, well, you know, honestly, it, it, the timing was interesting because – they're celebrating and we're not. Right. You follow me? Yeah. They, they've just done something in the last seconds. Half of the, probably half of the stadium had somewhat emptied. Half? More? You know. Probably all of it. Yeah. See, so the people that were left ends up telling, having to tell the people and then you're hearing it on your phones right. or whatever, you know. that is. So it was just a disappointing situation. But I tell you one thing I can remember clearly. We got off that field very quickly yeah. and we got on in the locker room. And the coach said... Uh, what did John say? Um, he tried to he tried to create a a good put a good face on it, you know. He tried to not make this you know to be something that took us down, but it it was we ended up. How six do you and how do you try year. to put a good face on that? Well, it was a great game, guys. We came within eight seconds. Well, of no, a, your, your quarterback, you know, is is your leader, as right, you know right. now. That's the leader, and the plan was not to. You know, hang him, Lynch and hang him after that game. Right. There was a conversation of probably. Now, Joe Pasarczyk is who got, sort of got me in golf, so we were good friends. Right, you know? right, right. And I'm sure that there was a long conversation between the, the, the coach, the quarterback right, coach right. or the runner, you know, right. the uh, position environment. But from a team standpoint, the head coach's responsibility was to sort of keep us motivated as much as he could, yeah, yeah. you know, but to let him know that who that's not. That, who called that play? I'm not sure. I'm a de I was a defensive player. So, you know, the, the plays are being given by the offensive coordinator. You, you I, would be so good in politics. <laughs> I can't get an answer out of you that I want worth anything. <laughs> I, would, I would have thought, though, that it was to take a knee. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think there had to be some I, communication I mean, issue with that. Because, yeah, but like somebody in the huddle should have said, take a knee. Yeah. Well, we are the miracle at the Meadowlands, so we did create some type that, that, of... That, there's your positive spin. There's the positive you, spin. You know, and you're absolved because I'm a defensive guy. That's right. So <laughs> I, I wasn't on the field screwing up on that one. See, now, if it had been Joe, Joe Donello and myself holding for Joe yeah, and that's yeah. the last second, we would have yeah, won it because yeah, he yeah. was a very consistent uh, place. All right, now, now, you're an expert on this, and I'll, gi I'll give you that. So we're going to talk about this. <clears throat> you know, uh, there's a story or... or, or we talk about that a quarterback is as good as his kicker. You know, uh, an, an example I'll give you is a couple of weeks ago, the Bears lost in overtime. They missed a game-winning field goal. That's a good point. They yeah. kicked that field goal, and then Trubisky had a great game. And marvelous what he did with the Bears. They missed the field goal. The other team kicks a field goal, and they win. Yeah. So the storyline in football always makes me laugh. It always changes. All of a sudden, we didn't hear about Trubisky. We heard about the other team. You know, you know yeah. the great, uh, yeah. you know how great of a day the quarterback and blah blah blah, and you know. Um, so I look at it is that um, if the quarterback is as good as his kicker, a kicker is as good as his holder. Well, that's a good that's a good comparison. I kind of like because, that because you know we we just take so much of the kicking uh, for granted, 
and we blame everything on the kicker when they miss, and people don't take into account the snap, the hold, the timing, you know, the field condition, all of that. But you were telling me something interesting once. You were talking about there's really a science it is. To, uh, uh, to kicking an extra point or a field goal. And you were saying something. You left me, I don't know, what, at 2 in the morning, I think you called me to leave me a voicemail about, you know, we got to talk about how if you, you spot the ball on That's this true. side of the field, you That's know, what's, what's going to happen. Give me a little bit of the science of, uh, of it. Well, both of those elements are two. The first, the first statement that you made was about the snapping and the holding. Mm -hmm. They're thankless positions. Basically, no one expects for them not to go well. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right. Everybody, just like you're saying, everybody right. expects the only thing that can go wrong is if the kicker misses the, the field goal. Right. Perfect example, too, is um, Tony Romo. Well, no, it's the Cowboy game, the recent Cowboy game with a 52 yard. It was a 40 something yard field goal. Right. Then, then they, he got a, a missed snap. Right, call. right. He had to go back to the fifth for a 52 yard field goal. And because of the win, the ball hits the pole and they lose Right, right, right. So when you talk about the science of it, you, 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 a holder ends up knowing his kicker. A kicker has a shape of a ball. Some kickers hook the ball. Right. Some kickers have a straight ball. Right. And some kickers have the ability of, I saw a kick last night where it actually faded like a golf ball. Right, right. right. And a lot of that has to do with, number one, the wind. You know, if the wind, and if you notice, a lot of teams will have their running backs or have their quarterbacks move the ball to a certain side of the field because he kicks better from the right hash right. than he does from the left hash. Right. Well, also what has an impact on the, on the ball is where the, where the threads are. Right. If the threads on the football are straight up and down, then that ball has a clear rotation. And therefore, if your kicker has a hook on his shot, you know that he enters the ball from the inside. You know how to lean it the whole nine yards. Well, on that cowboy kick to me, with that win that those threads should be slightly to the right. Right. Because the wind was pushing left. Right, right. His ball, actually, I thought the ball was headed through, and then it started to... So it's about the spin of the ball once a, you kick it. Exactly. The spin of the ball and the wind. And that's where the holder can be an effective support for the kicker. Right, right. Because some centers, some centers, Belichick you know, was, my, was yeah. one of my special team coaches. He actually had our center practice to the point where every time the threads were always in my right hand. Right. So when I caught it, that's all I had to do. But some centers, I don't know how it's going today's game, but some centers used to have it, have the ball however it spins, it spins. If it's caught in the left hand, you have to do this or this to get it to the right angle. Right. So, you know, even now your center has to know where should he hold the ball for the ball to be caught at the same place at the same time on a regular basis for a holder Therefore, lessening the time. And then the holder, the, the holder has to be in the exact same spot for each kick. Every time. You know, and uh, yeah, you, you were telling me about that once, and you said that Belichick got your guys down like almost a half second less from, right. we, from snap to kick. From 1 point or 1.1 second to 0 0.8, 0 0.7. Our best was 0 0.7. Yeah. Well, you know, and yesterday uh, um, the Ravens missed an extra point. That's true. To New Orleans, and they lost twenty-one to twenty. <laughs> That's right. You know, so it's a very important part of the game. Uh, I think it is an important yeah, part yeah. of the game. You know, and especially now that we're seeing so many scores. Right. You know, it's such an offensive game. I'm seeing this game more and more. Seeing the evolution of the game more and more. More protection of the quarterback. You know, less of aggressive in, in right. terms of the hitting situation. 
but we're seeing a lot of points being scored. So, so obviously a novice to this, wouldn't it make sense to teach kickers to kick the ball straight because there's less of a variance of what it could do? You know, a hook, you got to really control the hook. Mm-hmm. A fade, you got to control the fade. Mm-hmm. Why don't they teach them to kick it straight and then just adjust on the wind based on practice before the game? They do. That's exactly what they do. In fact, I noticed that the uh, I noticed that the cowboy kicker actually he has different heights of kick. He has one that he can drill in, and he has one that he floats in according to the wind. So that's actually where it goes. They teach you to kick straight, but if you're on the right hash mark, right, right, then you're straight. If you notice, every time a kicker yeah, they, does this, they, they, yeah, they they line it they up. They have a, a line yeah, just like yeah, a golfer. Golf shot, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so with that line, you hear the wind, you see the wind, but there's a reason that they put those two flags at the top of the um, goalpost. Right. Because it gives the holder and it gives the kicker an idea of the wind shift. But not the speed, but just the wind shift. Yeah, yeah. So they teach you to kick it straight, and especially if you can keep the, keep the strings in the right place. But if those strings are off a little bit, it's going to move some. You know, and we always see when a kicker has a bad day, he's always out. You yeah. know, they always cut him from the team, it seems like. Not always, but, you know, a lot of the times. Do they ever switch? I mean, because we don't know. Do they ever switch holders? Do they ever switch snappers? Um, you know, we're talking about the evolution of the game. And um, there's a good possibility that they do now. In the old days, there was not a lot of switching of especially a holder because there's such a special relationship between right. a kicker and a holder. Right, right. He's uh, Sort of a, like a pitcher and a catcher. Exactly. You know, you know, like a backup catcher to the team, but he catches the star pitcher. That's right. Because he's got the relationship with the pitcher. And so, yeah. therefore, and, and, and from a kicking standpoint, just like you, you described it, there's 60 minutes in a game. He probably has less than a minute right, on the right. field. And he's but the, it's an important minute. That's right. It's the most important minute. Yeah, yeah. And so that relationship of keeping him calm or, or understanding when to talk to him and when not to talk to him. Right, right. You know, understanding his idiosyncrasies. And being able to sublimate yours because of the pressure that's on him. Right, right. Making sure that he's comfortable and in the right place at the right time for every time he's ready to go. You know, making sure that he's in control. That's what the holder's job is. Honestly, the holder's job is to unify that the, the snapper and the, and the kicker. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone else is protecting. So when they uh, call a timeout to freeze you? Did that bother you guys? I mean, did the kicker care? Did you care that they called timeout? Are you going, let's just get this done already? No, uh, but what it does, it you you act, you're ready. You know, you, you right. practice and practice. Right, you're right. ready now. Now if they make you hold for a minute, then just like you just did it, you know, you either have to um, degrade it or say yeah. it's worth nothing, or you have to go back into whatever your routine is for you to have the proper results. Yeah, yeah. You know, because... They say the difference in a professional and an amateur is consistency. Right, right. Yeah. Well, the one time I saw saw this, and it just cracked me up because I've never seen anything like it. Uwe von Schumann, I think was his name. He mm-hmm. kicked for OU 100 years ago, and they were playing Ohio State in Ohio State, and he had to kick a 40-something yarder to win the game. It was mm-hmm. win or lose, I guess. And they called a timeout to freeze him, 
and I'll never forget this, he was leading the Ohio State fans <laughs> in a cheer right. while, well, the, while, while the timeout was going on. So I go, that guy had, had his head together. I don't know if that was the best thing to be doing, <laughs> but the pressure didn't get to him, and they kicked it, and they, and they know, won. And they won. So, you know, but that's why it stuck with me. I guess if he lost, it would have been a ha-ha on him, yeah. you know, type thing. A couple of questions now from the recent ball games. The Chiefs destroyed a good Bengals team. Their freshman quarterback, Mahomes, just set a record. I think he's 22 touchdown passes, you know, at the first seven games of the season, a record. Uh, uh, Straight 300-yard games, a record. Are, 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 are the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl? If you look at if – you, if you look at even the Chiefs – well, the Chiefs are not the only unbeaten – well, they're, they're beaten now. Right, right. Well, bottom line to answer your question, I think yes. I think if he can stay healthy and operate the way he's operating with such a good relationship with Andy Reid. Right. With such a good – good. this is a young man, 6'3", 220, that is doing the types of plays that veterans do with the type of timing that veterans have. I mean, it's a good-looking team. And they're, they're the fastest team on, oh. on the face of the earth. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. I mean, it just cracks me up, though. Did you see him when he takes his helmet off? Oh, yeah, yeah, He's yeah. 12 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I go, this is a 12-year-old kid. I, it's unbelievable, you know, He has the release. Him. If you watch his release, uh-huh. he has the release of a Joe Namath or right. a Roman Gabriel. These are bigger guys than him. Yeah. Of yeah. a Joe Gilliam that played at yeah. Tennessee State. Yeah. I mean – I, the other night, I think I saw him throw on the run without winding up a 32-yard out <laughs> just like this. Yeah, yeah. Just pushing the ball to it. He's, yeah. That's arm strength. That is. That is. He's, he's, an, he's, he's an amazing quarterback. He's probably one of the better MVPs. They, they can't cut him out. Yeah, yeah. And he's, and he's not the, – the proof of the pudding was playing against the, the Patriots. They might have lost the game. But did you not think that that was a good game? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he was excited in the beginning because, you know, he kind of overthrew two guys right, in the beginning. Right. But, but for him to perform and come back against yeah. such a, yeah. you know, a, a hell of a coach and a hell yeah. of a team, it was fantastic. I, yeah, I yeah. love to watch him yeah, play. Yeah, well, you know, uh, this season, this finally could be it maybe for Andy Reid. I, and, I mean, I really love that coach. I'd like to see something good for him happen. But, but listen yeah. to some of this, though. They have the have the worst defense in the league, but they're the best on the, the they're the number one defense on third down. That keeps you from getting the first down, so right, it gives right. the ball back to the right. offense. The offense keeps them off the field, right. so the defense is not so you know vulnerable. Right. But but look who's on defense. All ex Cowboys primarily. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Orlando yeah. Scandrick is on the right, corner. Right. Hitchens is on the right, corner uh, right. as a linebacker. Uh, they got Eric Murray. He's not an ex Cowboy, but a good defensive back. I mean, the speed of Hill and the speed of Hunt, it's just such a great offensive team. It's yeah. one of those you like to see play because they're, they're yeah. always scoring so many points. And here's the case for the offense is helping the defense. Exactly. You, exactly. you know, they, the guys need a rest. Let's just slow it. Let's score in five minutes instead of in three. Yeah. You know, give them a little rest. Yeah. Trick play. I mean, yeah. to play defense against this offense that he's yeah. – Really managing from a timing standpoint, you start here and then you start there. Oh, no, here's the guy. Yeah, you, yeah. you really have to study against these and guys. And, you know, yet Andy Reid is slowly getting his due, I think, as a coach finally. He's been coaching 127 years. He definitely has. You know, and he's not 
ever in that discussion about great coaches. And I always thought he is. Yeah, he is. What, what, how long, he was with 20 years with the, well, 15 years with the Eagles? Yeah, they went to one Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and they, but the Eagles always had good teams. Was he responsible for drafting Mahomes, you think? Well, he's the head coach. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure he had an opinion. They sure have a relationship that, to me. When you watch him on the sideline yeah. and then he goes back out, he, he doesn't show any fear. Yeah, yeah. You know, it yeah. seems as though they just have such a, a good re working relationship. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, everybody raves about him. All the players always have. Yeah. All right, now you got to put on your coaching hat for me. Okay. I, I love these kind of plays, and you know, and when they work, you're a hero, and when it doesn't work, how stupid are you? <clears throat> Chargers beat the Titans 20 to the 19. Mm. Titans tie up the game, just a f few seconds left. Kick the extra point, and you go to overtime. But they went for two. Yeah. And it took two tries. The first one, they got a penalty. <laughs> That's true. And then I'm thinking, why don't they just plow it up the middle for a yard and a half when everybody's thinking they're going to pass? And they didn't get it. They lost. They lost. <clears throat> Good call, bad call. You know, uh, half of half of it is good and half of it is bad. At the end of the day, the, the safest call, obviously, I think, would have been to try to kick the, kick, uh, the extra point and then right. go into overtime. Right. Uh, but that, to everyone that says that is a hindsighter now. Right, <laughs> you right, know what right. I, mean? I, I, <laughs> so. I loved it. I loved the uh, call. Now, the game was in uh, London. Yeah. yeah, the game was in London. And it was full. The stadium. Wembley Stadium. And, you know, that's a soccer stadium. So yeah. it says 100,000 plus. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely amazing. So they like us coming over there to play football. They, they obviously do. They're filling the stadiums. Uh, now, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars are owned by a London businessman. And uh, supposedly they're the most popular team in Europe right now. Right, right. Uh, so, and when you see stadiums feel like that, they, they must really like the game. So... What about the players, though? Do they like that nine-hour or seven-hour or eight-hour flight and going over there? Or does that really get them out of their consistency of a routine? You know, um, and this is, I'm going out on a limb now. I think that they do like it. And the reason I think they like it is because a lot of players bring their families and expose their families to somewhere that they possibly would not have visited before. Right. If you watch some of the, even some of the interviews, they get there early. They're able to take some tours and see a different kind of lifestyle. Do the players get time to go do that too? Uh -huh. Yeah, they, they practice and then they're they're able to take some tours and go to different places. Obviously, they go they have to go to eat in restaurants or wherever. Most of their downtown their stays are probably downtown or in the, the the metropolitan area. But I think it's more visibility and exposure for their families to be able to come over and experience the UK. So all these years of hearing how, oh, they had to travel from the West Coast to the East Coast, it's such a disadvantage to play the Giants, you know, coming from Seattle or vice versa. So that's all bunk. Well, no, it's not bunk because uh, the, the time that you leave, you leave on a regular time from the East Coast to go to the West Coast. Right. The time that you leave to go to, the, to a European, to a London game, right. they give you more space. Okay. So, yeah, you get there a little earlier. Yeah, and you're also a lot younger than we are. They That's true. Quicker. That's true. You know, That's they, true. Don't, they don't even know there's a time difference. You know, what, do they, what do they know? No, because they get the, they all, they're, they're playing for that check. 
And they know that no matter where they are, they'll get that good check at the end of the game. So the Bears lose yesterday to the Patriots 38 to 31. I thought thought so much about you. Well, well, (laughs) don't feel sorry for me. I'm okay with it but because you realize, you know, the way they lost to Green Bay, the way they lost an overtime game, it makes me always feel like in sports they're very close. What is it that takes a team like the Patriots? There was never, I, I don't think there was ever a moment they didn't think they'd win that game. And the Bears, I think that they were feeling, oh, we have a chance, but we can't win this game. <clears throat> Do teams think like that? You're making notes now when I'm talking. Because that's a beautiful question. You know. It's a beautiful so question. So I say the Bears just aren't there yet. You know, Cleveland is 1-2-1 one, and one in overtime games and they lost on a 59-yard field goal yesterday in overtime. That's right. They're just not there yet. What does it take to get a team from we're almost there to there? I mean, the Patriots, you know, they lose a game. Next week we're going to win. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know. I think, the, I think the difference is something that I cannot take credit for. <laughs> I'm actually repeating okay. <laughs> something that a former giant stated that I agree with, right. which is Michael Strahan. Okay. Uh, some teams go into a game wanting to win that game, without right. a doubt. Right. Well, everybody some, does. Well, yeah. no. Some teams go into that game expecting to win. win. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. And that's, what, that's the difference in the New England Patriots. And, and, and most like other the Bears. Teams. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They, the New England Patriots go into that game, number one, from a preparatory standpoint. Right. They've done, they have a process by which they right. prepare for a game, and when they go to that game, they expect to win, and their process includes 60 minutes. Right. The whole 60 minutes. Right, right. Yeah, we've talked about that before. That's right. Yeah. But, but a lot of teams that are getting better, like the Bears, the Bears right. are getting accustomed to being together. You don't see a lot of changes Right. On the Patriots. Right. Their locker room is stable. Right. They don't allow disruption right. in the personal lives that's, that's put in the public life. Right, right. They don't allow that kind of disruption to take their focus away from, the wow, goal. I'm pay, playing the Patriots this week. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's expect, they expect yeah. to win. And so what I think is happening in the NFL is that there are more teams like you're describing the Bears now than there that there's been in the past. Right, right. You know what right. I mean? There's a lot of teams that are that think that they can win now. Right. You know what I mean? Right. They don't really see Giants are in a tough situation, and I know we'll probably come back with that. Yeah. But but a, a lot of teams go into games now because there's some good personnel across different areas. It's according. It's almost got like a matchup, like basketball. Now. Right, right. If you play a certain team and you come out pretty good, it's because that matchup overrode some other matchups. But with the Patriots, they, they've analyzed every matchup and they've, they've constructed the game in which they play to their advantage and not to their disadvantage. Right, yeah, yeah. So, interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. So the coach could really put a positive spin on these almost games for a team that's on the up and coming. Exactly, you know, exactly. Um, now, it's not even out yet. Uh, but the uh, Packers, who had a bye week this week, next week, I think they're playing uh, uh, the Rams, and they're a nine-point underdog right now, today. And they said, I, I just saw a quick clip before we went on the air, that it's the biggest uh, deficit. deficit that they've ever had in the uh, Aaron Rodgers era. <laughs> 
Well, they happen to go. They are going against the only undefeated. Are they going to lose by nine points? Um, I don't think that they can score to the veracity that the Rams can score. The Rams can score, and the problem that they're going to have is the Rams might have one of the most vicious defenses. The Rams' defense is pretty good at the top of the food chain, yeah. and both of their corners have been hurt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Talib and the other yeah, corner. Yeah. So imagine when they come back. I mean, that defensive line. We talked about this guy. Any team that has four tough defensive linemen that they're paying well now that can put pressure on the quarterback so that you can drop seven. Right, right. You're gonna have you're gonna have be a good defensive team, and that's what's happening. They got Aaron Donald and and Damakun Sue up front yeah. with two other really good linemen. So when you drop seven, you actually break the field off like geometry. Right. On the under on the short passes, you got four players. On right. the long passes, you got three. So where can you, where are you gonna throw it? You got to fit it in. Then yeah. yeah. That makes your defense a lot better when you got four guys like that. All right, here's a game that, that I found interesting. I'm going to give you the reason why, and you're going to laugh at me. <laughs> okay. The Lions beat the Dolphins yesterday. Now, a long time ago when the Bears were really were the monsters of the midway, I used to kind of like to watch this because, you know, that Super Bowl team and a couple of years before and after that defense was so good mm-hmm. and powerful, as you remember. And when you play the Bears, even if you beat them, it seemed like you always lost the next week. Yeah, you were beat up. Because the Bears <laughs> used to beat you up. That's right. So the Dolphins beat the Bears in that crazy overtime game that the Bears should have won uh-huh. as a Bear fan. Of course, I would say that. And then they lose to the uh, Detroit Lions this week. And I picked them to lose because it was the Bears beat you up effect. <laughs> is there any truth to that nonsense? Well, I think it is some truth now because it's, it's reflected in that. Right. But I also I also believe that Matt Patricia has a lot to do with where we're seeing and how we're seeing the Lions operate. Right, you right. Know, uh, Matt Patricia came out of the Bill Belichick uh, school right, of coaching. Right, right. You know, he bought a whole new system into the Lions. Right. I, I don't know if you know, but even the way that they stretch it's before different. the game is yeah. different. He yeah. changed everything. everything. Yeah, yeah. And to me, as a leader, that's very important because that, that says that what you're doing is my program, and if you do my program, we'll be successful. Right. And so I think that, that Matt has put something in not only the team, but in Matt Stafford, who's one of our homeboys right, you know, right, from right, Dallas. Right, right. But he's put something in that team that makes him a little different. So I like what they're looking, how they're looking now. I'm seeing a... Um, a generation of big backs like this Kenyon Johnson. Right. You know, it was a big, big back. Right. I'm seeing a, just a regeneration of big backs across the league that's helping teams to go forward. And with Stafford's arm and Kenyon Johnson and what they're trying to do with wide receiver, they might be on a little roll. It's a lot of talent out there right now. Okay. Now explain this. The Panthers, who have not looked mm. wonderful this year, but, you know, they win, scored 21 points in the fourth quarter to beat Philadelphia. They were down 17 points, and then they win the game. I actually, I actually turned off it thinking that it was over. Yeah, I yeah. just did not. You can't count Cam Newton out. I mean, when a quarterback uh, throws a pitch and, and becomes your lead blocker. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you can't count him out. But they're playing 60 minutes, and I, and I think that's the key for them to be able to come back. Why wasn't know. Philadelphia playing 60 minutes? That's a, that's a, that's a something for me because that team 
you know, I, I like Carson Wentz. I like the personality of the team. Um, I don't really have an answer for that. Are they maybe just not as good as they were last year? They're, you know, the winning the Super Bowl, is it hard to be that motivated now that we won it? You know, just like you talked about the Bears playing the Dolphins and right. l- l- whoever played them lose the next one, I think it might be the Super Bowl effect. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't get – but, you know, also, just to add to that, not only is it the Super Bowl effect, but I think the Super Bowl effect is even more endemic now because we have less preseason games. Right. You're seeing teams develop later. It's the seventh – we're going to seventh, eighth week of the season. Right. Teams are really just developing. Right. Because they don't get a lot of, we used to call it a scab. You know, you don't get a lot of hitting in the preseason. Right, right. So to me, the, the teams come around. In fact, someone said all the teams that finish four and three, you know, usually they can right. make it to the playoffs. Right, right. Yeah. So to me, it's the way that the league is structured now. You know, you don't get a lot of hitting in the beginning. Therefore, your team cohesion develops a little later than the first game. Right, right. You know what I mean? All right, now so many people pick the uh, Jaguars to go to the Super Bowl. They, they don't look so invincible anymore, do they? They that, don't. From this great defense to average. You know, one thing about a great defense is that they are much better if, they stay, if they're not on the field a lot. Yeah. If they yeah, take away yeah, things. Yeah. To, uh, it's not Todd Gurley, it's Leonard Fournette. Right. Leonard Fournette was their running back, right? right? He's another one of the big running back guys. Right, right. He's been out for, what, three weeks? Now the defense is on the field too long. Yeah. Now you understand their rhythms and their patterns, right? When that offense, like, like Kansas City is doing, when that offense can keep you off the field, let you see, you know, different things, what happened on the last year, those kinds of things, I think it makes it better. So I, I don't think the personnel is any different. I just think that because the offense is not as effective as it could be with a running back, right, right, a good right. running back like Fournette there, it's forcing the defense to be out there too long. You know. All right. Um, all right, that's really all I had for today. Did you have mm-hmm. something else that we wanted to talk about? The, to me, I think it would be remiss if we didn't talk about a 33-year-old running back that has been injured time and time again and can come back with the Washington Redskins and play like he played last night. Yeah, yeah. Adrian Peterson, I mean. He's not human. I thought Elliot, I thought this game, yeah. this would give Ezekiel Elliott the opportunity to right. really be, you know. Right. I'm play, but Peterson showed that uh, there's a lot of pride in us older guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I, I think we're a step ahead of the older guys. <laughs> we're, we're kind of in the ancient realm now. <laughs> but he did, though. He had a great game. I yeah. really liked how he performed. Outside of that, you know, um, I think that's uh, Carolina. You talked a lot about Cam Newton, and I, I just the Carolina linebackers, I think, are just starting to really come about. Michael Bennett with the Eagles. Right. I wanted to say a little something about him. Have you ever seen a defensive lineman that refuses to wear shoulder pads? Uh, no. If you look at him, what he has on is either the under pad that you put on before you put on the shoulder pads, or a kicker's uh, shoulder pads. Because he, he wants the flexibility? He wants the speed and yeah, the flexibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had two sacks yeah. against the team. So bottom line is, um, I think the, we're, we're at an interesting point in the season with you know, one team with one loss with uh, Kansas City and with Goff. 
coming on like he's coming on. I look forward to the remaining of the season. Yeah, the second half will be very interesting it because, be. you know, they, they can't, you know, in football it's really funny. You, you lose one week and all of a sudden it's very close and tight again. That's right. You, you know, because they're, they're always coming around. All right, well, you're going to take a little time off. you got a big honey-do list. <laughs> so we're going to take a little bit of a break. I might try to do a podcast with some Vietnam veterans hear their stories. I think you know, that'd be nice. So, uh, you know, we might do that. Uh, uh, but then you and I will be back uh, pretty soon, and, uh, and then we'll pick up the season here and see what's going on. We definitely will, and uh, I look forward to the next episodes. All right, man. All be right. good. All the best. All the best. All the best. All the best.